1: Welcome back, everyone. Today on the Joseph Carlson Show, Disney misses on their subscriber expectations. The stock sells off after hours by 4%. So it's a big sell off. Investors are panicked. What do we do? Disney missed their subscriber expectations. We have them also missing on their revenue. So this wasn't just a subscriber miss, it was a revenue miss as well. And then we have the Disney Bears coming out. People saying Disney. This is not the way and saying they have a bearish outlook on the company. It's the easiest short in the market. And investors should be exiting out of this company. Now, obviously, I'm going to give my opinion on Disney's quote-unquote miss of their subscriber expectations and how I don't view it as a miss at all. And I think this company is still on track as it was six months ago with gaining the amount of subscribers they want and growing their business. So we'll be doing an updated view on Disney, but we also have some other news to go over as well. The CDC now says that fully vaccinated people don't need to wear face masks indoors or outdoors in most settings. This is great news for people that have looked forward to not having to wear face masks everywhere they go, but this also has big implications on the stock market as this changes the dynamic of customers shopping and going to events and going about their business now that they don't have to wear face masks. So I'll be explaining how I think this will affect different companies and different stocks. And then we also have a big Drama alert. There's drama in the Bitcoin and Tesla community. And I thought I would never say this, but the Bitcoin community seems to be at odds with Elon Musk and Tesla. They're not happy with each other right now. This was caused by Tesla and Elon Musk announcing earlier that they're going to be accepting Bitcoin as a form of transaction, that they're going to allow people to purchase their vehicles using that cryptocurrency. Now, Elon Musk has reversed that decision saying that he's no longer going to be accepting Bitcoin. And doing so, he's citing concerns of energy consumption, saying, quote, we are concerned about the rapidly increasing use of fossil fuels for Bitcoin mining and transactions, especially coal, which has the worst emissions of any fuel. Now, obviously, this has upset a lot of people that are bullish on Bitcoin because they believe that these concerns of energy consumption are not really that big of a concern, and they're really overblown. Anthony Pompliano appears on CNBC to explain his case of why he thinks that this is actually just a strategy from Tesla to bring a concern up and then later solve it. So, we have a lot to jump into. Before we get to all of that, I have to give a shout out to the Patreon members. If you want to consider joining the Patreon and bring your membership to the next level, you get a bunch of exclusive stuff like a Discord community. We have constant conversations about stocks and investing and different subjects. There's exclusive content, as well as access to a dividend projection website and a portfolio tracking spreadsheet. So, you get some cool things there to try out as well. It's risk free. You can join and try it out for free. There's a link in the description if you're interested. Now, first, let's start off with the Disney earnings report. This is my passive income portfolio. It's on a brokerage called M1 Finance. If you want to see all of my holdings, everything that I'm invested in, there's a link in the description that's updated. So you can click on that and you can click through any of the holdings that I'm invested in. Now, in the consumer category, which is one of the biggest ones for me, Disney is the very top holding with a value of $23,000. So I have a lot of money invested into this company, and I believe in the future of it. Now, the earnings report was a little bit disappointing to investors, and I hinted at this possibility of them having a subscriber gain miss after Netflix did. Because Netflix is a very good streaming company, if they missed on subscribers, it's likely that Disney might have some trouble as well. Disney Plus subscribers were 103.6 million versus 109.3 million consensus. This seems like a big miss, but I want to point something out. Where does this consensus come from? It doesn't come from Disney. Disney's not the one that said they would have 109.3 million subscribers. This is from Wall Street. This is a number that Wall Street thought of. They thought Disney might be able to hit this, and then they were disappointed when they didn't. But Disney never said they were going to hit 109.3 million subscribers. In fact, Bob Chapek, the current CEO of Disney, says that they didn't miss on subscribers. They're right on track with their own internal projections.
2: Well, our outlook continues to be 230 to 260 million households by the end of 24, consistent with the guidance that we gave last December.
1: He says that our outlook hasn't changed. We still believe we can hit 230 to 260 million subscribers by the end of 2024. So he says that nothing has changed. They're still on track, that's still their outlook, and it hasn't been updated.
2: We've added 30
1: million new households to Disney Plus just in the first six months of the year. That's another thing people seem to be forgetting about here. Disney added 30 million new subscribers so far this year.
2: So we're extremely bullish. And in fact, this quarter's numbers were exactly as we projected internally.
1: This quarter's numbers were exactly as projected internally from Disney. They met their own expectations. So let's be clear here. This wasn't a miss on subscriber expectations for Disney. It was a miss on subscriber expectations for Wall Street. They both had different expectations, but Disney so far has stayed on track.
2: So uh, no, no disappointment here. Uh, I think if you want to look at the actual rate of uh, net ads, uh, we've actually added more in the last month than we have in the prior two months in terms of households.
1: So out of the three months in the quarter, the most recent one had the most net ads of subscribers. So the rate isn't slowing down necessarily. In fact, it might be speeding up. This is exactly why I like to listen to the long-term focus leaders like Bob Chapek who are looking over the next four years. They're doing projections way out in the future and they're figuring out how they can create long-standing value and long-term value for their shareholder. Wall Street is just the opposite. They're incredibly short-term focused. What's gonna happen over the next three months? What's gonna be the next play in the market? That's Wall Street, but that's not Disney. Disney is a long-term holding with a leadership that's focused on long-term value creation. If we look at the number of subscribers for Disney Plus and look at the progress of it, we can see that it's decelerated a little bit, but not a whole lot. It went from 94.9 million at the end of Q1 to 103.6 million at the end of Q2. That's a gain of 8.6 million subscribers. Is that a business that's failing? One that's brand new, a service that's brand new that's still gaining 3 million subscribers per month? This is the second year of this service. And keep in mind that Disney also has a lot of other businesses. This is the ESPN Plus streaming service, which went from 12.1 million to 13.8. So they gained over a million subscribers on ESPN Plus. And then Hulu also grew over the last quarter, which Disney owns. It went from 39.4 million to forty one point six. Overall, Disney continues to grow every part of their streaming empire. The progress might slow down a bit as we get out of the pandemic, but I think it has a lot of room to continue into the future. Now, on the news of Disney, we also have the CDC saying that fully vaccinated people don't need to wear face masks indoor or outdoors in most settings. And this is very big news, not only for society in general, but for Disney in particular, because they have their parks open now, and they don't want their customers to have to wear face masks in the hot heat walking around in the parks. They want them to be able to enjoy themselves, and it's more difficult to do that when you're having to wear face masks everywhere. Bob Chapek seems very excited about this news, and he thinks it will have a big impact on Disney.
2: Well, first of all, there's going to be a lot more comfortable people this summer in Orlando. You can only imagine what it would be like in 95 degrees uh, and 95% humidity wearing a mask, so we're thrilled to be able to
1: do that. I know people that have recently gone to the parks. And they said that the biggest disappointment of the experience was having to wear face masks the entire time. Because like you mentioned, it's very hot outside, you're walking around, then you have the face mask over you, which makes it more uncomfortable. So this adds a huge level of comfort and enjoyment to visiting the parks, and I think this will drive a lot further demand for their parks. Demand is actually something that some people are concerned about. They're actually concerned about demand with Disney parks, which I think is crazy to be concerned about. Disney's parks are some of the most in-demand assets in the world. Disney has more demand than they know what to do with, and Bob Chapek notes this with their future bookings.
2: Well, we're not going to comment on either revenue or operating income because we don't give that type of guidance, but I will say that our demand, for example, at Walt Disney World is already back to uh, 2019 levels in terms of forward bookings.
1: They're already back to the same level of demand that they had in 2019, and that was on the assumption. People are booking on the assumption they had to wear masks in the park and have all the same restrictions. And I can only assume that demand will pick up further as we have less restrictions, like not having to wear face masks. So to summarize my thoughts on Disney, am I selling out of this company? Of course not. I'm not gonna be selling out of a company like Disney because of the short-term arbitrary numbers that Wall Street comes up with, and then they miss those expectations that Disney themselves, didn't set. Disney did not say they were going to get 109 million subscribers this quarter. That was Wall Street's expectations. According to their own internal projections, they're still on track to meet their initial goals. So I'm still bullish on Disney. And if you're the type of investor that pays attention to all these short-term swings, you gotta just relax and look at the long-term picture. Just after hours yesterday, Disney was down almost 4% and it's already recovered halfway. That's the difference 12 hours can make. So it's a lot easier to hold on to these companies when you have a long-term perspective. Now moving on, we have to talk about this drama between Elon Musk, Tesla, and the Bitcoin community. They used to be best buddies. They all used to be best friends. Tesla and Elon Musk were buying Bitcoin. They bought over a billion dollars worth. He was a big advocate of it. In fact, he said that Tesla is going to accept it as a form of currency for purchasing their vehicles. So you could pay for Teslas with Bitcoin. But now he's thrown some cold water on the movement saying that they're no longer accepting the cryptocurrency as a form of payment. They're gonna hang on to their Bitcoin, but they have their concerns about the growing energy consumption with the cryptocurrency. When the price rises, more people are incentivized to mine Bitcoin and mining Bitcoin consumes a lot of energy. Now I read a few articles about Bitcoin's energy consumption and we have ones like this from the BBC saying Bitcoin consumes more electricity than Argentina. That's kind of a flashy headline. I'm not positive how much energy Argentina consumes, but that's a very large country. Even if it's a developing country, that's a very large country. The research shows that Bitcoin uses around 129 terawatt hours per year. To put that in perspective, that's more energy than Norway, Bangladesh, and almost 10 times as much as Google, 20 times as much as Facebook, and 129 times more than it costs to run Walt Disney World Resort in Florida. Now, a lot of Bitcoin advocates, and especially people heavily invested in Bitcoin, they have a stake in it, they say that these numbers are misleading, that they're blown out of proportion, that Bitcoin really isn't that bad on the environment, it doesn't take up a lot of energy consumption compared to other things, and that these titles are also misleading from these articles, they're just done from Bitcoin haters. Here's Anthony Pompliano explaining how misleading these titles are.
0: You'll hear a lot of times people will say things like, there's more electricity consumed by the Bitcoin network than in some countries. But what people fail to say is that the American consumer, their use of Christmas lights consume more power in a given year than some countries' electricity consumption.
1: So Anthony Pompliano is saying that these criticisms of Bitcoin using more energy than Argentina are misleading because things like Christmas lights in the United States also use more energy consumption than some small countries, right? Some developing countries. Well, I actually think that Anthony Pompliano is very misleading here, more misleading than the articles themselves, because he's not comparing it country by country. It's true that Christmas lights in the United States use more energy than some small countries, but they don't use more energy than Argentina. They use more energy than very, very small countries, nowhere near the size of Argentina. In fact, I actually went as far to see how much energy consumption Christmas lights use in the United States per year, and it's 6.63 billion kilowatt hours per year, while Cambridge researchers say that Bitcoin uses 121.36 terawatt hours a year. So if you actually did the conversion and compared the energy consumption of Christmas lights to Bitcoin, Bitcoin currently consumes over 20 times the amount of energy than all of the Christmas lights in the United States per year. So he doesn't say that in this interview. He just says, oh, both of them use a lot of energy. He does not mention in this interview that Bitcoin consumes 20 times the amount of energy that Christmas lights does because that would disqualify the point he's trying to make. So I think that Anthony Pompliano is also playing with the numbers, playing with the data to try to equate Christmas light usage with Bitcoin when they're not even comparable. So I think this counterpoint that Anthony keeps bringing up on different interviews and in his letters that he puts out every day, that Christmas lights also use a lot of energy is a very weak counterpoint. If he puts the numbers side by side, it would completely invalidate the point that he's trying to make, because Christmas lights, even being wasteful, use nowhere near the amount of energy that Bitcoin does. The second point that Anthony brings up is that the large amount of consumption of energy from Bitcoin is incentivizing people to further invest into renewable energy.
0: I think what we've got to just remember here is that the financial incentive is to adopt renewable power. We have a lot of overwhelming data. There's been study after study after study done that shows that is what miners are doing.
1: I think this is a much more valid point from Anthony. It's not necessarily a concern of how much energy Bitcoin uses, not just a total amount, but it's the type of energy being used. If 100% of the energy being used was renewable, it wouldn't have the same impact on the environment. And that's what people are concerned about. So if Bitcoin miners are able to transition fully over to renewable energy, there really wouldn't be as many concerns with the energy consumption. And this is precisely what Anthony believes Tesla's in the process of doing.
0: And I think that what we're gonna see here is that this is going to be a launching pad for Tesla to eventually launch a renewable power mining rig or some sort of mining equipment And so I think that this is actually just part of a marketing ploy by Tesla, draw attention to the issue and then come up with a solution and kind of save the day.
1: So he believes that Tesla is intentionally stoking this environmental concern around Bitcoin so that Tesla can develop a product that is the cure and that later down the road they're able to sell. He thinks that this is some master plan from Elon Musk and Tesla to create this concern inflame the concern to a big problem and then come out with a solution. Now, I don't know if I follow him with this theory. It's a little bit far-fetched. I could potentially see Elon Musk doing that, but I don't think the story with Bitcoin or with crypto is over for Tesla. I do believe they're going to accept crypto payments in the future. Whether that's Bitcoin or a different coin in the future, I don't know, but I 100% believe that down the road, you'll be able to purchase Teslas with some form of crypto. Now that's the update for today. I hope you guys have a good weekend. If you like this type of content, make sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel and I'll see you in the next one.